Like I said, it's been burning on me for a while. And uh, didn't know if I was going to preach it Sunday. And then I thought, well, man, I want to preach about the Holy Ghost Sunday. And so uh, we're going to preach this tonight. And I felt the release from the Spirit. So we're, we're just going to do it. Have you ever thought about doing something or reaching for a goal? And when you begin to investigate what it takes to accomplish that thing or that goal, you realize you really don't have the heart for it? I think all of us realize sometimes we start to do something realize, I'm not talented enough to do that one. Let me, let me go to something else. I can remember Shelly, she wanted to play golf when we, we first got married. I, I'd golf, and I've been golfing since I was 12 years old. I'm not any good. I, I consider myself a bogey golfer, and now I'm even worse than that. So, um, but when we first got married, we didn't have any kids, and I was golfing several times a week, and we had money then. I didn't have to send it off to college kids. And uh, so we're, we're going out there and golfing, and, and I'm getting better and better, and I'm just a couple, uh, you know, shots from have, playing par golf, and I'm feeling really good about it. And Shelly's like, I want to start golfing. I said, okay, come on. I can tell you right now, it is a horrible idea to teach your wife to play golf. <laughs> it is a horrible idea to teach your wife to play golf because she wanted to hit the ball as far as I hit the ball. She wanted to put as good as I could put. She wanted to do everything that I was doing that I've been playing since I was 12 years old. She wanted to do that right then. She bought the clubs, and it's just like automatically she, she, you should be good at it. I show her a couple things, and here, here's the funny part. You show her, she said, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And so I show her, line her up, and we're, we're going through everything. She's hitting the ball. But mine's not going as far as yours, and it's curving away off here. And I'm like, yeah, but I've been playing since I was 12. You know, I've honed in on this thing a little bit. And she just kept on, and, and so, you know, she keeps asking me to tell her stuff, and so she's up there one day, and, and I said, uh, your foot's ain't brown. She goes, don't talk to me. I was like, you're the one who wanted me to teach you. I said, you're, you're, you're aimed that way. She goes, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, and she hits it, and sure enough, it goes that way. I'm, like, I'm just telling you. But she, she wanted to have that immediate talent, immediate uh, learned skill to come out right then. I've had person after person ask me before, said, will you teach me the guitar? I'm willing to do that, but to play, and I'm not, not, I'm not an exceptional guitar player, but to play as well as I do right now, you have to practice. I've been playing guitar since I was 14 years old. I'm an old man. I'm 54 years old now. How many years is that? Like 10? Yeah, something like that. You can't expect to pick up a guitar and play it like somebody that's been playing 40 years. Not Shelly. Now she wants to do these things. So We have to understand what's happened, though, is we see a lot of people, they want to start off on something like that. And they'll start for a while. New Year's resolutions is one of them. Diets. Oh, my word. We're going to start a diet. And this diet this year, it's going to happen. I'm going to get back down to 175. I'm going to be muscular. I, I'm going to be all these things, and it's going to happen this year. What month is this? I'm a little behind. I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm a little behind, but we lose heart in these things. And, and you know why we, we do these things? Is because it requires some discipline in our life. It requires time out of our day. Sometimes it requires money. So it requires something from us we're not willing to give up. 
I guess that's the best way to say that. It, it requires something that we're just not willing to give up. There are plenty of things in this world today that uh, I would like to have or maybe be a part of. I was thinking about this today, but it costs too much. I would like to be a member of a country club. Not, not maybe, it's no prestige thing. I would just like to be able to go out and golf anytime I want and not worry about paying for it. But I know I had to pay for it at some time anyway, so I don't do that. Anybody follow me there? It's very expensive to, to do them kind of things. I'd love to be season ticket holder for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals up here. I'm, I'm in Arkansas. How, that wouldn't even do me any good. You know, there, there's things like that when you're growing up. You think, man, I'd love to be, have season tickets. I sat right behind. I had a friend that had tickets, four seats right behind home plate at the St. Louis Bush Stadium up there. And, and they never invited me once to sit back there with them. Never. I'd see my friends sit back there, but I was never invited. I still love them. But there's things like that you like, but the, it costs too much. Brother Angel, I can't even imagine what that costs, but it's, it's way more than I can even think. I, I'm not going to do that. All that being said, it, it brings me to my text tonight, and it's a familiar scripture. It's Matthew 19, verse 16. I'm in the New King James Version, and it's a familiar story of the, the story of the rich young ruler. Matthew 19, 16 says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? That sounds like a good question. God, what do I got to do to have eternal life? That sounds like a legit question right there. Does it not? That's, that's a serious question. What do I need to do to, to be saved? What do I need to do to have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is, no one is good but one, and that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Matthew 19, 18. He said to him, which ones? <laughs> wow. He said, keep the commandments. He's going, well, which ones? Well, God, which ones do I have to keep? <laughs> I'm real close on this one. Maybe that's. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? What's amazing there, he knew there was something else. He's not getting it. And what I really believe is he wasn't keeping these commandments. He was kind of proud and said, you know, I got all them. Sure, I've never did anything. I've never lied. I've never stealed. You know what? I, I can't even say that. I was the other day I was taking a virtual virtual tour of my hometown and I went by this grocery store. I was on Google Maps, you ever do that and, and search these things out. The town where I come from is about as big as Conway, but it's changed totally and I don't I don't recognize a lot of things there anymore. But I went by this one store. It's no longer a grocery store, but it's where my life of crime began. I was a smuggler. I was a robber. My kids, my two older ones are up there. They know better than this now, so I can talk to them from them. I used to walk into Thompson's Food Basket. It was a grocery store. And, and back in the day, again, I'm old, they had cigarettes that would sit like down on the shelves with the candy. And I would walk in there, and I'd stuff one pack down this sock, the, the other sock down here and here and here. I'd walk out with at least four packs of cigarette, if not more. If it was wintertime, it was bonus time. Man, I'd start stuffing these pockets and going crazy. I'm just saying it was poor parenting. That's all I'm blaming it on. 
Maybe not. She, she'll, she'll thank me again. I know that. But I've seen that, and it reminded me of my past sin. I didn't even keep the commandments. Here I was, I don't know, five, six, seven years old, and here I'm out smoking. It's just a good thing I didn't have a motorcycle. I'd be just riding out like crazy, just woo. God help the pastor. He said, man, all these things I've kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Verse 21 said, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He was rich. He didn't, that, that's sorrowful. I got to go sell everything, give to the poor? Wow. Then Jesus said to his disciples, assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I want to preach for just a few moments with the subject, it costs too much. It costs too much. This rich young ruler couldn't be saved because it cost him too much. God asked him for something he wasn't willing to give up. It cost him too much. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me tonight, Lord, to speak your word. Your word's already anointed. I ask you, Lord, for it to go deep into our hearts and take root, Lord, that it will grow inside of us, Father. Let us see and let us hear what you want to tell us tonight, Lord. What you want us to see, what do you want us to hear? I ask you, Lord, to open our minds, Lord, that we can understand what you're saying tonight. Let me speak your word in truth, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. I wasn't crying tonight. It costs too much. In today's society, it seems more and more that our values are getting mixed up. And in this world of sin, it's easy to get our values distorted. When we see what our neighbors are doing, we see what our friends are doing, we see what our family's doing. Uh, there's so many people that want to look, they used to say, look at the Joneses and see what the Joneses are doing. And, and you, get your, you get your values distorted by what someone else is doing. And Facebook's a great tool. And Facebook is a terrible thing to be on all day. And we sit there and see, and oh, I love my husband so much. He's the best thing ever. Look what he brought me today, these flowers. And then next week you see them in the grocery store and they're divorced. It's a big lie. It's a big lie. I can tell you right now. Shelly gets me, she goes, take a picture with me. So we got to stretch our neck so we don't see these double chins and stuff. And then we pooch our lips. We, we get that picture. What's the best thing? And you never get it the first time, so it's like four or five pictures. And then you got to get the eyes. My eyelids are like droopy, and so I had to get my eyes open big. And it's just a big lie. Facebook's a big lie. You, you're not getting the, the real... Drew or Shelly, what the, you want to see the real Drew and Shelly, just come by the house, you'll see us. She come out the other day and she goes, you like my ponytail? I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, it was bad. And she knew it. She even said, I know I'm dressed bad today. Like, it was pretty bad. 
We get, it, we get things mixed up. Our values and everything get mixed up. Facebook is just one of the things that can do it. But our values get messed up because we keep seeing things over and over and over. And if you keep getting pounded with it after a while, we think, well, maybe it's not that bad or it's all right to do. Or, and our values just get distorted after a while. Cars and houses, property, money, large banks, accounts, they all seem to give us a sense of security. I don't know anyone that doesn't want a pocket full of money. I have Shelly give me some money the other day, and I said, praise the Lord. I put it in my wallet just as quick as I could, and I hid it. I've got a secret compartment in there she doesn't know anything about. And I keep it for a rainy day, and it's raining today. She's going to try to get it from me. But we use that money as a sense of security. Can I tell you something tonight? You came into this world with nothing. You're going to leave this world with nothing. <laughs> it's truth. It's truth. We build it up. We build it up. Well, we, we got to save it for our kids. We got to do this, this, and, and I want my kids to have an inheritance. But guess what? When I leave here, I'm going to go in a box, and don't you dare put a, my ring in there. Don't, don't put anything of value in there. I don't want somebody digging me up to get my wedding ring because they want the gold. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Just give me a hammer in case I'm really not dead and I can beat my way out. I know my boys. They might think it's funny, and I just, uh, I just know I'm going to need a sawzall or something in there. So many people are worried about so many different things instead of giving their whole attention to what means the most and what we're here for, and that's the kingdom of God. That is for His work that He's called us to do. He's called us to do that, and we get so distracted with so many other different things. In the story of the rich young ruler, it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it all says that the rich young ruler went away sorrowful. God asked him for something that it hurt him. It hurt him to hear them words. Man, I, I was willing to do some things, Jesus. It was a great, I, you know, you're doing some great things here. I want to follow you. You know, we're talking about a rich young ruler here. He didn't have to come after Jesus. He didn't have to. But he realized, I believe he realized he had a need in his life and he was trying to get right. But you know what? He just couldn't go all the way. He couldn't give God what he was asking couldn't give Jesus what he was asking. Jesus wanted it all. Do you know things are not, they haven't changed today. Jesus wants it all. People think, well, you know, I go to church on Sunday morning. That's good enough. Jesus wants your Monday too. He wants your Tuesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday. He wants it all. Well, I pay my tithes. I hate that term, pay my tithes. I give my tithes. I give my offering. But you know what? If he says give it all, I got to give it all. I got to give it all. He went away sorrowful when he found out he had to give so much. It cost him too much. It, it just cost too much to do that, Jesus. He came to Jesus with the question and, I, and went back sad because he didn't like the answer. Did you, how many of you ever got an answer from Jesus you didn't like? Man, oh man, I prayed for, uh, for girlfriends and that I'd get married and, and then I'd you know, be praying and then that girl would break up with me. And I was like, Jesus, I prayed that you, she'd be the one. Sometimes Jesus says no. He says things sometimes we don't want to hear. He said something right here he didn't want to hear. We know by the scripture that he was a wealthy man. He was also a young man. He seemed willing to listen. He seemed eager to find out about Jesus and what he had to do. And maybe even a disciple in the making. Maybe he could have been uh, that man that, that really did something for God. 
He wasn't like some of the others in the scripture that were asking Jesus questions. Most of the wealthy religious people who asked Jesus questions in the Bible and in public was trying to trick Jesus into answering the things wrong and go against the law. Luke 20 and 22, they were asking Jesus, should we pay taxes to Caesar? I'd like to pray that same prayer. God, should we pay taxes this year? Yes, we should. Luke 6 and 2, they were trying to trip Jesus up with, why do your disciples pluck grain on the Sabbath? They're walking along around the fields, and they're, they're eating off the fields. Why, why, are, why are they doing that? Trying to trip Jesus up. John 8, 4, and 5 said, uh, this lady was caught in the very act of adultery. Shouldn't we stone her as Moses directed? I mean, this is what they're asking Jesus. They're trying to trip him up. He wasn't trying to trip Jesus up. I believe he was sincere in asking the questions he was asking. He needed the answer to his question, how do I inherit eternal life? I, I say it all the time. You're going to live forever, all right? You are going to live forever. Your spirit man's going to live forever. You get to choose smoking or non-smoking. It's that simple. Is it heaven? Is it hell? We get to choose. But his story still has a dark ending. His story inspired Jesus to say some famous words. And we've all heard them. I've already read them. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. It's a sad story. When he received his answer, he didn't like it. He didn't like what Jesus had to say. I believe that Jesus already knew this man's heart. I believe he was exposing his motives to show his real desire to follow Jesus. Jesus, is, he cut to the chase. He, he gets right to the heart of things. He doesn't mess around with you. He doesn't dilly-dally around with you. He gets right to the heart of it. Hey, if you want to be perfect, you, yeah, you're, keeping all the, you're saying you're keeping all these commandments. But are you really loving your neighbor? I find that amazing. He, he quotes some of the commandments there. He doesn't quote them all. Jesus doesn't, but he quotes that. To love your neighbor as yourself. You're not even giving any money to the poor. How, how are you loving your neighbor like yourself? I found that very interesting. But I want to read this story. I see how it relates to our life. I believe we're seeing this story play out in front of our eyes each and every day. There's so many in the world that would love to have eternal life, but it cost them too much. It cost them too much. They would love to go to heaven and enjoy all the benefits that it has to offer, but it costs too much. There's too many things I'd have to give up to walk with Jesus. I'd have to let him take things out of my life. It costs too much. I'd have to act like a holy roller. I'd have to go down to that Pentecostal. It costs too much. I'd rather be in the, the honky-tonk. I'd rather be in the honky-tonk playing my music. I'd rather be in the honky-tonk drinking a beer. I'd, I'd rather be doing all these other different things. I'd rather be out cheating on my wife. I'd rather be out. It costs too much. It interferes with my lifestyle. Lord, help us. And unfortunately, that same attitude has found its way into the church. It's found its way into the churches of America today. We see a lot of people today that want to go to church and live for God and go to heaven. But when God calls them to a closer walk with him, we see people backing up. See people walking away. Sad because they don't want to dedicate themselves to God like he requires. It costs you all. It costs you everything. Let me tell you something else. It costs Jesus everything. It costs Jesus everything. 
This rich young ruler was no doubt in fine clothes, looking good, smelling good. He was bowed down in the dirt, asking Jesus these questions. I believe he wanted to have eternal life, but he realized what Jesus was requiring was not what he's willing to give up. I would ask that same question today. What Jesus is requiring out of your life today, are you willing to give up? Now you're thinking, what, what is he talking about? Boy, this could go from anything. Are you willing to give up some sleep? God woke me up today at 5 o'clock. I was like, God, no, not today. I am so sleepy. God, I am so sleepy. You know what he did? He took the sleep from my eyes. I couldn't go back to sleep. I was trying to fight him. I was. I was like, I, I'm just exhausted, God. I, I, I'll get up at 6, you know. I'm bargaining with him there, and Shelly's probably thinking, oh, he's having a nightmare. He's over here talking. No, I was, I was bargaining with God, trying to. He said, I want you to pray. Are you going to be willing to give up something when he tells you to pray? Three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, you're like, God, I need sleep. Maybe he's requiring you to give more than just your tithe and your normal offering. Maybe he's, he's saying, you need to build a well in India. Maybe he's saying, you need to build a house, a church house in India. Maybe God's calling you to a deeper work. Are you answering the call or are you saying, that costs too much? I know it's deep. I know it's serious tonight. But I want you to know this is what God gave me. And, and you're the right people. You're the ones that hear. God wanted you to hear this tonight. And so that's why I'm preaching this tonight to you. I believe that he wanted eternal life. But Jesus just requiring so much and he wasn't willing to give it up. It cost too much. Right here in the Bible Belt, I hear churches all the time talking about we want revival. We want this. We want that. Are we ready to do what it takes to bring the power of God, the presence of God in our services every, every time we open these doors? Are we willing to push back from the table, fast a meal, pray? Are we willing to show up at prayer meeting 8 o'clock in the morning when we can do it? I, you know, if I can pray some conviction on you, I'd do it. Whew. But you know what? If Drew's conviction is all you have, you're in trouble anyway. But are we willing to pray? Are we willing to fast? Are we willing to do what it takes uh, to give ourselves to God, to have that revival? We say, God, we want Greenbrier. We want to win Greenbrier to God. But does it cost too much? What's it going to cost us to win Greenbrier? What's it going to cost us to get on CNN? And they say, we don't know what's happened down in Greenbrier, Arkansas. But the whole town, 3,500 people, has given their life to the Lord. And every church down there is full and on fire with the Holy Ghost. What, what in the world happened there? What's that going to cost us? Lord, help us. We say we want to win our surrounding communities to God, but does it cost too much? I know someone's thinking, wow, Pastor, this is pretty heavy for a Wednesday night, but I want you to know that time is short. Time is short. We, we don't have much time to work. I believe the Lord's coming back, and we don't have that much time to be working. You know, in, in my words, and I told, told God through this pandemic, I said, God, my praise cannot be the same anymore. My preaching cannot be the same anymore. And, and I'm a beginner at preaching. I tell everybody that I talk to, I'm the worst preacher in this church. But you know what? I'm giving what I have. I'm giving my all to God. I, I, I counted the cost. I see what it's called. It's costing all it drew. All of my desire. Drew in his own self would never pastor a church. Drew in his own self would never do what I'm doing here tonight. But when there's a call. 
when there's a call. He said, it's going to cost you, Drew. I was praying on that pew two and a half years ago. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it, God. Whatever you want me to do. And he said, what do you think I've been preparing you for, Drew? I was like, no. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. We can see that this mentality is the wrong way to be thinking. What's it going to cost me? But we're Americans. And we have that mentality. What's it going to cost us? What's it going to cost me to do that? What's, what, you know, what am I going to have to give up? Am I going to have to give up gun smoke to come to a Wednesday night service? Everybody's thinking, gun smoke? What is that? It was a show for all you young people watching. It was a show. It was a TV show. It was a cowboy western. Gun smoke. I don't even know what plays on Wednesday nights. But anyhow, it'll cost you something to be on, here on Wednesday night. It'll cost you something to be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night. We have people with desperate needs, people needing God to do great and mighty things in their life, needing God to intervene before financial disaster sets in, before their health declines any further. You would think that this is the time and this is the season that all believers would draw closer to God. They chase after God like never before. But you know what? I think a lot of people are going around saying, it just costs too much. It just costs too much. You know, the devil's fighting me on every hand. It, 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 it just, Brother Angel, it just, he's wearing me out on this and that. And so it, it just, I, I don't, it costs too much to really get down and pray. And Brother Angel, in construction, I'm at my heart's with him. That's what I used to do. And so I know them days of getting up early in the morning and being out in the heat all day long and, and working until there's no more daylight, sometimes even pulling the truck up and shining the lights up so you can finish a project. I know about all them things. And so after a while, I was like, man, it, it just costs too much. I want to stay home tonight. God, it, it costs too much. I, I don't want to pray tonight. God, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm wore out, man. I've worked my fingers to the bone today. I, I've, I've sweat 10 pounds of sweat out today. I need to eat something. He says, fast a meal for me today. You ever think Jesus just wants to see how serious are they? Do they really want me? What would they do? Have you ever did that to, you, to your spouse? Maybe saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to kiss her for a while and just see how bad she really wants me. Am I the only one that did that? I have. I have. Shelly didn't give me a smooch in the morning, and I'm just like, okay, we'll just see how long she can do without one. Let's see how that works out. Okay, I'll move on. When God starts to call us, when he starts calling us into deeper waters, he's just like this rich, rich young ruler. He's calling us to deeper waters. It's going to cost us all. We can't say it costs us too much. We, we can't do it. It costs us too much. But what I see is when God begins to call for a deeper walk, people start pulling away. I'm talking to Christians tonight. I'm not talking to the sinner tonight. I'm talking to Christians tonight. When God starts pulling you into deeper water, God starts convicting you. It's old-fashioned word. Look it up, conviction. That the Spirit of God will tug on your heart, and you think, oh, that's just Drew. That's just me. That, that's, just, that's just Lisa. That's just... Kim, that's, that's just, you know, no. It's God convicting you. 
And when you keep overriding that conviction, and you keep overriding, you keep overriding, after a while, it's easy not to do what God's telling you to do. Matter of fact, after a while, you're not even hearing that still, small voice. Is he still speaking to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm one of them preachers that believe that God will speak to you every day. Lay something on your heart. I've never had him speak audible to me. If he did, I'd probably have a heart attack and die. But he speaks things to me all the time. Down in my prayer time, I'll just be praying, 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 and he'll say, just these words will come to my heart. I was like, where did that come from? That wasn't me. That, and it's God just speaking something. It, I'm preaching to the sermon that happened right over there in the floor the other day. God started dealing with me about this. I'm praying, praying for each. I call each one of your names out every day, and I'm praying for you. And then God said, the rich young ruler. And I was like, what? I'm praying for Kim right now, God. He's the rich young ruler. I'm like, okay, I, I, I got you. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. But if you keep pushing that conviction back, you stop listening to it, you're not going to hear him anymore. So I'm speaking to Christians tonight. God calls us to a deeper walk, and we get scared that it might change what we're doing or change how we have to live. Or what's my friends going to think about if, you know, if I, I become a holy ruler? What's my friends going to think about if I'm going to church? All what's my friends going to think about when I'm out in my yard and praying and talking to God? We get scared that God's going to ask us to give up something. We get scared God's going to ask us to give up something. God, what are, you, what are you calling me to? God, I'm not qualified for that. God, and we start making an excuse. God, I can't do that. I can't. Boy, can I tell you tonight, the deeper you walk with God, the more he's going to ask of you. The more he's going to ask of you. He's going to ask you to lay more and more things aside. He's going to ask you to lay more and more things to the, to the side and just say, you know what, God, I'm following after you. I don't know why. I've got to do this because God told me to. God's going to ask for more. When I started dating Shelly, there were some, some things I had to give up, like dating other girls. She required it. I had to rearrange my time, my schedule to coincide with her schedule and vice versa. There was things, the closer we got together, we started doing things together to where we, we wanted to be together, falling in love with each other. And what are we doing? We're making sure we're, we're doing, it was her first all of a sudden. It was no longer any, anybody else, any, any, any person or family. Or any, it became about her all the time. When we fall in love with Jesus and we keep following close to Jesus, that's the way it's going to be. You're going to see what Jesus wants to do first before you find out what you want to do. I hear people all the time say, I'll say something. I, I, I've quoted scripture before to somebody that said, well, I don't believe it that way. And I was like, what do you mean you don't believe it that way? The Bible says it. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. The Bible doesn't care if you believe it or not. It's still the word of God. I'd mess it up, and my granny used to say that if the Bible said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And then she changed it. She said, if the Bible says it, that settles it, period. doesn't matter if you believe it or not. When God is asking you to give something up, the rewards of doing so are going to outweigh anything that you could ever compare. God starts calling you to a deeper walk, and he's asking you to give up more and more things, and you be obedient to that. You start giving them things up. You say, yes, God, I'm going to be willing to do that. Look out. Man, the windows of heaven are going to be shoved open, and things are going to be on you. Blessings are going to be on you like you can't compare to anything else that's happened in your life. When God's calling you to deeper waters, it's time to trust and obey what he's calling you to. We trust him for our salvation. We believe him for our salvation. But when he's calling us to do some things that just sound crazy... 
God has told me several times in prayer, we're going to do this or that in church. And each time I'm thinking, okay, that sounds fine. And then every time it goes to happen, he does it differently than what I thought. And I'm thinking, that's, that's crazy, God. How many knows what a Jericho march is? God told me one night, he said, you're going to do a Jericho march Sunday. I was like, okay, I've seen that. They get to playing a fast song, worship team gets going, they do a Jericho march, everybody goes around shouting, praising God. And uh, we're up here doing a slow song, Spirit of God's just moving, worship song's going on, God said, now. He started doing something that I didn't expect. That, God, that's not the right time. He said, now. And we got up, we did a Jericho march, and, and it was a slow song, people walked around, and I think they were singing Break Every Change, people started shouting, started screaming out to God, thank you, and chains were coming off in that moment. God does things and asks us to do things that's maybe uncomfortable, but when we obey, trust Him and obey, trust Him and obey, it's going to go the way He wants. This man in Scripture was sorrowful because he didn't want to give up what God was requiring We live busy lives. Each one of us have a busy life. But our busy life should never get in the way of our service to God. Most of us have filled our own life with things that have made us busy. We didn't ask God one time, God, should I do this or that? We made ourselves busy. I went in and put on my application. I would coach a baseball team. I didn't ask God about that. If I complain I'm too busy and I can't get to, whose fault is that? Okay, I'm the only guilty one in here. I see. You guys going to act like you never did that before. I got you. We have to ask God. God, lead and direct us in the things we need to do. If God was to speak to you tonight to give something up, would you be obedient? Check your own heart. We have to stop running from God and, and, and run to God. That's the problem. People, that something happens, they want to run away from God. Run to God. And he's, he's the one with the answer. If we put ourselves into this text tonight and God asks us to give up something or everything, are we so busy that we'd walk away sorrowful? Would we walk away sad? God, I, I hate giving that up. I, I really like that. God, God, that's not even a sin. I, I, I'm not talking about a sin. I mean, this is baseball. God, what, you want me to give that up? I'm using me as an example. I'm, I'm not pointing you guys out. The last commandment which Jesus had mentioned and which the rich young ruler had claimed to have kept from his youth was, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I mentioned this a minute ago. The Lord was now going to put this to the test. Did he really love his neighbor? Would he be willing to give his riches to the poor neighbors? We found out he wasn't. Before this man was ready to be saved, he needed to see for himself as the guilty lawbreaker. He needed to realize who he really was in God's eyes. Only then would he be ready for the good news that Jesus Christ came to save him uh, in this world and, and, and be free from a, being a guilty lawbreaker. First Timothy 1.15 said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I had a young man one time tell me, he said, Will you offend me when you say that I'm sinning? I, I'm sorry for you, but you're doing this, this, this. And the Word of God said that's sin. I'm just telling you what the Word of God said. I'm not, I'm not trying to label you. You be who you want to be, but I'm just telling you what you're doing. The Bible says it's a sin, and that makes you a sinner. All the Ten Commandments are summed up in two commandments, which have been called the two greatest commandments, Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The rich young ruler claimed to have kept all the commandments. He said, I I did them all. All the way up from my youth, I did these things. The plan of the Lord was was to clearly demonstrate to this man that he was guilty of breaking the two greatest commandments. I don't know if you ever realized that in studying these scriptures. Uh, He was breaking the two, them two commandments, right? The greatest commandments. He didn't love God with all of his heart because he refused to believe in him. He's seen him. He's right there in front of him. He refused to believe who he was. He didn't love his neighbor as himself because he was unwilling to give to his poor neighbors. He was exposed for who he really was. We say some of the same things. God, I've kept all your commandments. I'm living the best life I can live. I'm doing everything that I feel like you've called me to do. I'm going to church. I'm being faithful to my tithe. God, I'm doing this, this, this. We ever get that way? I do. God, I'm I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm keeping all the commandments. What else do you want me to do, God? And God calls for you to give something else up, and we become sorrowful. Really, God? We got in a financial situation, and if you didn't know, years ago I bought a 1976 Chevrolet, and, and that's not very impressive. And you think, well, big deal. That, that Chevrolet was a Corvette, all right? And so we got in a financial situation. I told you, I'm just selling that Corvette. I paid $4,500 for it, $4,500. $4,500. I thought, I had people already offer me $7,000. I'm not no dummy. That's more money. I can take that. I can go find another Corvette. But my family got upset at me. My boys said, you're not selling that car. My wife said, you are not selling that car. And I said, it's just a car. And I thought to myself today, I was thinking about that. I was like, God, am I willing to give that car up for you? Absolutely. Absolutely, I am. I love that car. That's a fun car. I call it our date night car. We go, we go back and forth. It's a 20-footer. It looks good from 20-foot. You get up close, you realize how bad it really looks. But I love taking it back and forth to Conway, just go eat or whatever. But you know what? God says, give it. I'm going to give it. We will. Amen. I'm finishing up. Shelly, would you come back? Do you know to grow in God and what he wants for your life? There's going to be seasons where he calls you to go into deep waters. He's going to ask you to do things you, didn't, you never thought you would do. He's going to ask you to do things that you've never done before. You feel like you're not qualified for. He's going to do that. I was prophesied to. I was playing drums one night, and uh, I was the associate pastor here, and this woman was preaching, and at the end, we were playing music, and she started prophesying to some people out here. I just bowed my head behind that booth. I was like, I know she's going to want to tell me something, and I'm going to hide out back here. And I ducked my head, and I kept playing. I could hear her in my monitor, and she's saying, you, you, right there, right there. And I was like, I'm not looking up. If I don't look up, she won't know that I even hear her. And next thing I know, I could see her shadow. She was standing right over in front. I looked at her. She said, God's calling you to deeper waters. And I was like, oh, my word. Woman, what are you doing? God was calling me to deeper waters. He was calling me to this church. He was calling me to be pastor. Drew was fighting it all the way. 
Sister Kim thought I was dying. She was praying for me night and day. She thought I was going to have a heart attack and fall over and die. And when our former pastor resigned, she walked up to me. She goes, I've been praying for you and thought you were sick and dying. You're not dying. You're my new pastor. I'm glad you was praying like I was dying because that's a serious prayer. I find it awesome that we have a God that knows our name. He knows exactly where we're at. And he sends people to speak directly into our lives. I have that prophecy hanging on my wall in my office right now. Sometimes I get discouraged. I look up there and I read it again. I'm like, God, why did you choose me? He said, because you're the man. You're the man for this season, this time. I've equipped you to do this. It's not something Drew chose. It's something God chose. I keep that hanging in there just to read it once in a while and realize, God, you love me so much. You sent a woman to aggravate me, and I was trying to avoid her, and she still got to me and told me that stuff. God, thank you. Even when I don't know what's best for me, thank you. You know what's best for me. The Bible says we're going to have a great falling away. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. The Bible also says in Job 2.28, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I put these scriptures in there for this reason. We have a choice to make. God's calling us to deeper waters. He's calling us to something that's going to cost us something. It's probably going to hurt a little bit. Do you love him? Do you have faith in him? Do you have trust in him? We can fall away. We can depart the faith. Or we can hear the voice of the Lord that says, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that outpouring of the Holy Spirit where we're doing the miraculous where he's equipping us to do the miraculous. We're, we're winning the kingdom. We're preaching the kingdom. We're winning souls for the kingdom. That's what I want to be a part of. When God calls us to deeper walk, we have to give it, give it all to the Lord. I told you the other, the other day a song kept going through my mind. Give it all. And I heard it as a kid in the 70s. Give it all to Jesus. Shattered dreams. I don't know, wounded hearts, broken something. Give it all. Give it all. And that's what we've got to be able to do is give everything to God. Give everything to God. Would you stand with me? One last thing I want to say. God would not be calling you to deeper relationship with him if it wasn't time for you to move into deeper waters. Pastor, it costs too much. You'll never regret it. 
you'll never regret giving everything up for Jesus. It's 20 minutes after. I want to invite you to the altar. Spend a few minutes with God. Seal this sermon. Tell Jesus, I don't care what it costs. I want you. I want you. I want you. Father, I ask you, Lord, to touch each and every one of us tonight. Lord, that you minister to our hearts. Lord, seal this word in our spirit here at the altars. In Jesus' name, amen.